Welcome to the podcast from Church of the Nazarene. Please subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. And you can also search for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. We also invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 on our YouTube channel or Facebook Live. You can also join us in person at 9 or 1030 for our English services or 1145 for our Spanish service. We also invite you to join Celebrate Recovery every Monday night at 630. Thanks for listening. You said we lost him. I found you all. <laughs> Thank goodness for that star. If it weren't for that star, I wouldn't have found you guys. <laughs> Pretty convenient that now you can read the stars. Oh no, just that big, super bright one. I mean, it's like, blam! <laughs> but I'm still gonna need directions home. Can someone write that down for me? We don't have time for this. We're going to see the Messiah. Look at us, the four wise men. We're inseparable. More like insufferable. Speaking of suffering, my feet can't taste much more walking. It's been three years. We should have been home by now. You guys can blame me all day for losing those camels, but you all knew going into this that my double hitch knot needed a little work. <clears throat> Why don't we proceed in silence, reverent silence? in honor of the Messiah. Totally cool with that. Good. So, I was thinking about my gift. I mean, what baby needs white jade anyway, right? <laughs> We've been over this a thousand times. White jade represents his purity and goodness. The gold represents his royalty. The burning of frankincense reminds us that the aura of God is around us at all times, and the myrrh to anoint him as king of kings. Right, 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 just listen, listen, I think, I think I found a better gift. A gift that'll make everyone forget that I lost the white jade. You what? I mean, I think a gift that makes the white jade just look like nothing, a gift that's better than the white jade that I replaced. You replaced with what? The greatest gift of all. Oh yeah, wait for it, wait for it. Blam! Hummus! <laughs> you must be kidding. Do you mean you must be kidding? Because <laughs> I'm not. I'm not kidding at all. Hummus is delicious, okay? And and it's very, it's very symbolic. People unite together when they see hummus. Much like a savior. Okay, okay. This is my bad. This is on me. You guys go see the Messiah. I'll just stay here. I think that would be best. But at least you have a snack. Yeah. I just thought it just doesn't matter what we bring this little king. He doesn't need any of our gifts. I mean, you know, he's a savior. I mean, he's a He's a gift to us. Maybe I was hoping he's bigger than all my mistakes. Yeah, I guess that's what I was hoping. All right, I'll see you guys later. 
are you doing that? Because I hope he's that kind of a savior, too. Let's go. I wish someone had some pita bread. Ba-blam! He is a gift to us. An amazing, incomprehensible, life-changing gift. Welcome back to our series called The Christmas Gifts. The Christmas Gifts. This Advent season, we're talking all about gifts, but it's not the gifts that are under your tree. How many have a gift under their tree right now? If I walked into your house, there's a wrapped gift under your tree. Don't be ashamed. Put those hands up proudly, all three of you. Yes, good job. Uh, The rest of us are... Well, we're doing our thing, aren't we? But we're not talking about those gifts. We're not talking about the gifts that Amazon, by the way, like at seven in the morning, they're bringing gifts to my door, Amazon is. That's impressive or sad. I'm not sure which, but we're not talking about those either. We're talking about the gifts from Jesus that we, we, maybe we overlook, maybe they're not the first things on our mind this Christmas, but we want them to be. And so week after week, We're talking about these gifts. Last week, we began our series by talking about the gift of presence. Most incredible gift this Christmas, the gift that Jesus really is the gift of presence. It's not just that Isaiah thousands of years ago said he would be called God with us, Emmanuel. It's not just that Matthew's gospel, as Jesus is born, declares that he's Emmanuel, God with us. Today, right now, he still is God with us with us, his presence with us, that right now in your life, if you feel far from God, this Christmas season, that can change. He is Emmanuel, present with us, God with us. What a gift. Today, we're going to jump into Luke chapter 1. So if you have your copy of Scripture, turn there with me. If you're a a version Bible user on your phone, turn there with me, Luke chapter 1. That's a familiar passage this time of year, but that's where we're going to be diving in. Uh, It's impossible for us to really understand what it must have felt like for Mary, a teenage girl from Nazareth. Nothing exceptional about her, except that she is the one that the angel declares will be the mother of Jesus. In her, in her womb, she carries the Savior of the world. How would you respond to something like that? How did Mary respond? Well, it's nearly impossible to tell Mary's story without also telling the story of Elizabeth. The two, for Luke, in Luke's gospel, the two are inseparable. They're in step with one another. You can't read Luke's gospel, you can't read the Christmas story in Luke's gospel without running into the story of Elizabeth and Zechariah. See, Elizabeth was Mary's relative, most believe her cousin, and we heard their story this morning as Colin and Sue shared the Advent candle, the story of Zechariah in his song, but, but what's happening in them is they're, Elizabeth is old, too old to be promised to have a baby. But, but the angel appears and says that Elizabeth will have a baby and it will be John. And John will point the way to Jesus. And so now Mary, Mary is going to see Elizabeth. The only other person that she really can debrief with, process with, the only person that might understand a little bit of what's happening within her She goes to Elizabeth, and and that's where we're going to pick up our story in verse 39 of Luke chapter 1. It says this, At that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. She entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. 
Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you'll bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. So what's happening in the story? That Mary's arrival prompts the baby inside Elizabeth. John, right? He leaps for joy at just the presence, not just of Mary, right, but of the Messiah, of Jesus. This is a beautiful picture. Any mom who's ever carried a baby in her womb, this is a beautiful picture that we get of the Messiah and of John within Elizabeth, leaping for joy at the presence of the unborn king. Let's keep reading. What does Mary do in response to this? Well, she worships. She worships, and we get to hear her song here in verse 46. Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, and he's lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things, but he sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Mary worships. She worships. Well, we're talking about the gifts, and so today I thought I'd bring a gift. I wrapped a gift for myself, and it's very self-serving, but I wanted this gift to help uh, prompt us and remind us of the gift that we're talking about this second Sunday of Advent. So I'm going to open it. I know it's inside, but you don't. Uh, This is probably not a typical gift that you would see under your tree uh, or under any tree, but I brought it with me today because it's a powerful reminder to me of the gift that we're going to talk about today, and it is... Uh, you're like, that looks like a Subway wrapper. It is. And you're thinking, what in the world? Not like a wrapper from the Subway, like an actual Subway sandwich wrapper. And if you're wondering, what in the world does this wrapper have to do with the gift that we're going to talk about today? Uh, I can't wait to share that story with you in just a moment. But today, we're going to talk about the gift of mercy. We already heard about it this morning as we took a moment to reflect and light the second candle for Advent. But we're going to talk about the gift of mercy. And in just a minute, I'm going to tell you why this rapper from Subway reminds me so powerfully of that gift. What does mercy mean? Well, well, simply, in its simplest form, mercy means not receiving the judgment or punishment that I deserve. So I deserve a consequence, a punishment, whatever it is, but I don't receive that, right? That's, that's mercy. That's mercy. And rarely, as we think about the Christmas story, I don't know about you, as you reflect on the story that we read often this time of year in the gospel, there's a lot of words that may come to our mind, joy and peace and wonder, but but a word that doesn't often come to our mind is the word mercy. It's often not the first that we talk about this time of year, is it? Perhaps it's a forgotten gift of Christmas, but not for Mary, (laughs) Mary, the one who will be the mother of Jesus, the one who living inside her is the son of God. The first words that she declares as she worships in response 
is mercy. Don't take my word for it. Look again with me. Verse 49. So she's magnifying the Lord. She's worshiping. But then what, what does Mary say? She says, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. The mighty one has done great things for me. Now, of all the great things she could say, right? She's going to list a few of them here. What's the first thing that she says in verse 50? I've got it on the screen. His mercy. There's that word. A word that might not be on your Christmas card or mine. A word we may not put as the first gift that we think of as Christmas. But for Mary, as she declares, worships, that's the word that comes to her mind, mercy. And in case we don't, we miss it, she concludes in verse 54 and 55, again declaring the mercy, that God has been merciful for Mary, the mercy of God is tied to the faithfulness of God. God keeps his promises. It was about seven or eight years ago where my friend Roger taught me a lot about mercy. Now, he's in the service this morning, and I did not at all ask for his permission, but I, I know Roger enough. He would do the same to me if he were on stage. Uh, pastor Roger was a pastor at our church for 17 years, but before that was a faithful leader and volunteer. He's attended our church for well over three decades um, he's become an, uh, just an incredible friend, obviously a co-worker. We work together in ministry, uh, but, but really a pastor to me. He's pastored me in many ways, but I'll never forget the time that he taught me about mercy. Now, I actually don't remember all the details, but I promise you he would because Roger's sharp like that, but it was about seven or eight years ago. And uh, he had asked me to come and show up and help him with a specific group that he was leading, and I had committed to be there Roger's a planner, so we had planned many weeks ahead, and he had followed up with me, and we had the date in order, but I messed up. I dropped the ball. As often, it's too much of a pattern in my life. I had too many things going on. I was trying to do too many things at once. I was overcommitted in certain ways, and I realized at the 11th hour that I couldn't fulfill my promise, my commitment that I made to Roger, and I had to back out. And I felt awful. I felt like a terrible person. I, I apologized. I communicated. But I knew this was my fault. It wasn't some unforeseen circumstance. I had just messed up. I had been going too many different directions too fast and not stopping to really think about the commitments I made. And I messed up. That's how Roger responded that day that taught me mercy. You, you see, he didn't call me back that evening and tell me how disappointed he was, tell me how much more work I had made for him because I didn't show up. He didn't remind me that we had confirmed this weeks and weeks ago and I had checked in with you. And He didn't send me a strongly worded email detailing the mistake and letting me know how he hoped I would learn. Instead, a couple days later, he invited me to lunch. Now, the place that Roger and I go for lunch... Maybe this was the first, I don't remember, but ever since, we, we like to sit at a bench at the Arboretum outside, some fresh air. And so he invited me on this day to lunch. And would you believe what is it that Roger brought for lunch that day? It was a Subway sandwich. So we meet there at the Arboretum, and he brings my order, and we're sitting there having lunch, and I'm, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, he's twisting the knife now. He's going to buy me lunch my mouth's full and I can't defend myself. He's going to let me have it. So I'm waiting. When's it coming? 
When's it coming? When's it coming? The reprimand, the disappointment, the tough love. But Roger smiled. He listened to me. He could tell I was overextending myself. He could tell I, I didn't have margin. He could tell there's some other things happening in my life. And so he listened and he cared and he spoke blessing, words of blessing over my life. He didn't make it a teachable moment. He didn't correct my behavior for my own good. He didn't even share a personal experience of how he had better control over his schedule than I did. Nope, he ministered mercy to me in that moment through a Subway sandwich on a bench at the Arboretum. And as evidence of how powerful that moment was to me, I'm talking to you about it eight years later. That's how powerfully it impacted me. You may say, well, that's such a simple thing, right? Not for me. What did I deserve? I, I messed up. I had committed and I, I dropped the ball. I deserved a strongly worded email. I deserved every reprimand in the book in that moment. But what did I get instead? I got lunch and some love and some compassion and, yeah, some tender mercy extended to me. What an incredible display of mercy in my life. And it had a profound impact on me that I'll never forget. Here's what I've discovered that you and I, what we tend to do, it's not true for all of us, but for many of us, we tend to overlook mercy. We don't talk about it. It doesn't jump off the page in Luke chapter 1 because mercy is often forgotten until we need it. Until we are the ones who have dropped the ball or messed up or we deserve the consequence and it's in that moment that mercy means a lot to us. When we're the recipient of mercy, it's the most beautiful thing in the world, but often, too often for us, it's easily forgotten, easily pushed to the side. Maybe the idea of God's mercy has gotten old to some of us. We're used to it. It's not a big deal, but it was first and foremost on Mary's mind. She sings about it. Ask Mary what the true meaning of Christmas is. And I bet in a word, she says, it's mercy. It's mercy. God's word is filled with proclamation of the mercy of God. Even, even if it doesn't use the specific word, this story, the story of God is all about the mercy of God. And one example in, in Colossians 1, the apostle Paul Years after, right? Years after this baby was born, Jesus, and he would grow up and he would minister and he would live and he would die on a cross and he would be raised again. But Paul now writes years later to a church and he says this, For God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. He's brought us into the kingdom of of the son he loves, in whom, what, what's Paul saying? Jesus, in Jesus, we have redemption and the forgiveness of our sins. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. See, Jesus' life was a rescue mission. His life was a rescue mission. Our rescue mission. What did we need rescue from? Sin. Our sin and our selfishness separates us from God. We can't live a life that pleases God. We can't be in right relationship with God on our own because of sin. And on our own, we can't save ourselves. We need rescuing. 
So what do we deserve because of sin? Well, we deserve whatever we get, which is not good. I don't know about you in, in your life, but, but in my life, the wages of sin, what, what does sin give me? The gift of sin in my life? It's a mess. My selfishness and my destructive decisions, what is the result of that in my life? It's a mess. And I deserve that, right? That's what I deserve. But Christmas is not about what I deserve. And it's not about what you deserve. Christmas is a gift of mercy because I deserve and you deserve because of sin all of that, all of the punishment, all of the guilt, all of the shame, all of the brokenness. But instead, we get Jesus. What a gift of mercy. Christmas should remind us that we, we don't get what we deserve. And look, we're living in a world right now. We struggle with that idea, don't we? Because we want people to pay. And we want people, when they mess up, to pay for it. We don't really like this idea of mercy except when we need it in our lives, right? Except for when we're the ones that have messed up. Except for when I'm the one sitting on a bench eating a Subway sandwich. We love the idea of mercy when we need it, but often, too often, that's easy to forget. I wrote this down. I think this is really good. The greatest act of mercy is a father sending his own son to show us the way back to the father. Think about that. The greatest act of mercy is the father sending his own son to show us the way back to the father. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. You can watch the movie. It's pretty good. Here's the bottom line for us. The focus, the big takeaway is this. It's simple, but it's profound. The manger is the perfect picture of mercy. Maybe it hasn't been that. Maybe you don't think of that often enough, but I pray this Christmas as we reflect on the gifts that you look at the manger and you remember that you don't get what you deserve this Christmas because you and I don't deserve that. But the manger is a perfect picture of the mercy of God. What an incredible gift. There's two different groups of people that I've been praying for specifically this week as I was diving into this message and thinking about what does this mean for us. And so I believe a lot of us in the room today fall into these two categories. The first is this. For some of you, you've forgotten the gift of mercy. It's a forgotten gift that you don't think about very often. It's not in the forefront of your mind as you read the story, and maybe it's not ever in the forefront of your mind, the mercy of God. Maybe you follow Jesus a long time. Maybe this story, the Christmas story, is not a new one to you. Maybe once the story of mercy was profound, but it's faded in the background, and for you, it's old news. You've forgotten. I've learned, for me, again, mercy is most meaningful when it's personal. So if that's you today, my prayer for you is that you would remember. Now, I, I don't want you to relive past mistakes and guilt and shame that the Lord has forgiven you of. That's not what I'm talking about. But sometimes we forget about mercy because we forget what it was like to be lost. 
We forget what it was like to be hopeless. We forget the things that we have done and what we deserve. And every now and then we need to be reminded so we can be grateful for the incredible gift of mercy that we don't deserve. And if that's you, you've forgotten the gift is not quite as exciting as it used to be. I want to invite you to make mercy personal for you this year. Remember, this Savior was born for you. Remember, you, you, you needed a Savior. Remember, you, I, we, we deserved whatever we had coming for us, but instead, God sent Jesus. If you've forgotten, if the gift of mercy has become a little less meaningful for you, Merry Christmas, never forget. The manger is a perfect picture of mercy. There's one other group, though. Maybe today, you've never received the gift. You've never received the gift of mercy. Maybe you've never heard, maybe no one's ever told you. No one's ever told you that God would love you enough. You've always disqualified yourself. You don't think you have anything to offer. You think the weight of your past, the number of things in your past are far too great, and you don't matter. It doesn't apply to you. To you, I would say, receive the gift. Receive the gift. Do you know a gift really is a gift? Now, I, I know families are weird. Your family's not. Every other person's family, but not yours. Some of you are like, my family's weird. Amen. I'm getting blessed. Because you know that families can be weird. And so sometimes in some families, a gift doesn't mean a gift. A gift means, well, I have to get them because they're getting me. Why didn't you tell me they were getting me something? Now I have to get them. They gave me something, and it cost more than what I was going to get them. So now I have to supplement my gift with an addition. Some of you are looking around getting real uncomfortable because I'm talking about your family. You know what I mean? A gift isn't a gift. A gift is obligation that you have to give to equal the gift. Some of you are looking at me. Stop looking at me. You know what I'm talking about, all right? In your family, a gift doesn't always mean a gift. But I am here to tell you today, <laughs> the gift of God is a gift. <laughs> and you can't, you can't earn this gift. And you can't pay anything back that's even equal to what this gift is. It is a free gift for you to receive. And in case nobody's ever told you, this Christmas you can receive the free gift of mercy that was given for you. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. None of us do. But you can receive, and it will change your life. To you, I say, receive the gift. Take it. It's yours. Let his mercy come and fill your heart. Fill the dark and empty spaces of your soul. Receive his mercy. The band is coming. And as they come, I want to reflect on the words to this song. The words are powerful. It says this. How many kings step down from their thrones? How many lords have abandoned their homes? How many greats have become the least for me? How many gods have poured out their hearts to romance a world that is torn all apart. How many fathers gave up their sons
for me? I can name one. (laughs) The one driven by mercy. Let's pray. God, today I pray. I pray for two different two different specific people that are in the room today. The one, the gift of mercy has gotten a little bit old, a little commonplace. It doesn't bring them joy or excitement anymore. It's easy to brush past it and mist. And so for that, that one today, I pray they would remember that without the mercy of God, they deserve punishment and sin, and the punishment for their sin, death. And I pray this Christmas that mercy would become personal to them. I pray for the one that doesn't know, that's never received, that never believed that the gift of mercy could be offered for them. I pray for that one today, that they would receive the gift. The gift really is a gift, and they can receive it today. Lord, I pray that you would speak. And we wouldn't just hear you, we would respond, we would obey. So Lord, for the one that doesn't know, I pray today that they would receive your gift. They would turn from their sin and their selfishness and their ways and instead say, I receive the gift of mercy. I receive Jesus, the Savior born for me, the gift of mercy that I don't deserve. Come now, God, speak to us as we spend a few moments praying, reflecting, listening. Come, be near to us, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel for updates and new episodes. And if you have any questions about our church or ministries, go ahead and email us at info at cotnaz.org.